You're listening to episode 121 of the God Center Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden. And today I'm chatting with Nikki Koziars about questions you should ask yourself before you quit. And you know, Heather, really the concept from the book came from a statistic that I heard from Andy Stanley once. He says that 90% of people who feel called to do something like whether it's to take a neighbor a meal or to go on a mission trip or to write a book or to teach a Bible study, 90% of people who feel called to do something for God never see it all the way through to completion. And when I heard that, I was like, well, what would happen if only 85% of us gave up? Like, like think about just that 5% more. You know, I think we would have a whole lot less orphans. I think we would have a whole lot more um, stories of people being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ in this generation. I don't know where you fall on this line of someone who tends to quit things frequently or someone who pushes through with all your might and all your effort. Uh, I didn't really think that I was the quitter type until Nikki's book, Five Habits of a Woman Who Doesn't Quit, arrived on my doorstep. And I share a little bit more of that story in this episode. But as you're listening, I really want you to think about not just uh, what do we stick with and what do we quit, because I think there is a value to quitting some things that are not for us. But what is something that you, in your time with God, or you and your community, or you have heard from the Lord that you should be doing, and you either started and were discouraged and so you quit, or you started and then fear set in and you were scared to fail, think about that thing. Hold that in your head while you listen to Nikki. I love that she's brought up this conversation. My encouragement to you is if you haven't had that time with God where you heard something or where you've felt the nudge from the Holy Spirit to do or be a part of his kingdom work, that that would be your priority after listening. Before we get to today's interview, I wanted to give a shout out to our sponsor this week, which is Jelly Telly. Jelly Telly is the only streaming video app specifically designed for kids where God is real and his word is true. And it was co-developed with VeggieTales creator, Phil Vischer love everything Phil Vischer is doing. So, so good. You can instantly stream hundreds of hours of safe, affirming videos. Your kids will learn about God, the Bible, faith. Uh, We were at dinner the other night and my four-year-old, he had been watching the What's in the Bible Numbers video, the book of Numbers, and he started quoting some of it, talking about how the Israelites were in a timeout and his brothers just died laughing. They thought it was so funny and I was so encouraged that he was learning about the Bible from a video. Uh, of course, from us as well. But, you know, it's available on iOS, Android, and Kindle. Popular shows include VeggieTales, Sillsong Kids, Jesus Storybook Bible, and many more. If you visit jellytelly.com today, you can use a special coupon code, all caps, God Centered, just for God Center Mom listeners. You get $5 off or your first month of Jelly Telly free. I definitely would go check that out. Let's get right to the interview, though. Here we go. Hey, Nikki, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Hi, Heather. Thanks so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. Well, we're thrilled because you're going to help us out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to try. You're going to try. That's my favorite thing that I get to uh, have all these people on that then help me in the areas that I'm struggling. And what's funny is, um, Nikki, I got your book and I was like, well, I mean, I don't think I really struggle with quitting. Mm -hmm. I really think that's my thing. And wouldn't you know, like, that afternoon, 
had a thought of, well, I'm just going to stop that. I don't, I don't need that. That's I'm getting that out of my life. Or mm-hmm. I shared with all the podcast listeners a couple of weeks ago that I was, I had a moment that before a podcast was going up, I told my husband, I think I'm just going to quit the podcast. <laughs> I mean, two years, I'm just anyway. And so I am a woman who needs to learn from you. But before we get into all that, I'd love if you just introduce us to your family. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. Well, um, first, I am wife to Chris, and he is an amazing man. He makes all my Pinterest dreams come true. <laughs> okay. Um, then we have three daughters. Their names are Taylor, Hope, and Kennedy. And uh, my husband and I, we got married really young, so we are um, in the midst of teenage years and still have uh, one in elementary school. Wow. And um, we also, though, we have, we live on a farm and so we have some barnyard babies <laughs> and, um, a working we, farm, not just like a pretty farmhouse. On well, land. that is up for discussion. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, it is going to be a working farm. It's actually a fixer upper. We call it the fixer upper farm. Okay. Um, we bought it two years ago and we have been in the process of restoring it. So that has taken a lot longer than we expected. Um, and we've had a lot of hiccups with things like overflowing septic systems and water drainage problems and all kinds of stuff that, you know, um, when people come over to your house they're like, Oh, what have you done? And I'm like, please flush the toilet. Like it works. (laughs) You'll be amazed. And they're like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really show for itself. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Hopefully in the next year we will have, um, we have a lot of land, so we'll have some cows. Um, but it's just taking a little bit longer to get it all up and running than we originally thought. And how many years into it are you? This summer will be our second year. Okay. So this pretty new still. Yeah. Pretty new still. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, so fun. And girls, I, I think we should swap. Because I have four boys. I, I think saw that. They yes. could be it really like farm hands, I think. <laughs> Listen, the, we will those take girls. <laughs> yeah, the girls, do they get into it? Like, are they hands-on? No. no, no, they are as girly <laughs> as they come. Um, they, my, I will say this, though. My middle daughter, Hope, she um, she does help. She actually takes care of the barnyard babies. I would say 90% of the time she's out there feeding them and um, we work together to clean it all up, but she's really the only one who's halfway interested in any of this. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. And you have to be like the farm wife up at the crack of dawn, kind yeah. of getting the breakfast on the table. This is what I'm picturing in my head. Well, like, it's, it's not, not quite there yet. No. Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Not there. We'll talk in 10 years. We'll see where you are. Okay. You're so. wearing an apron every day or something. Okay. I don't know. That's what I have in my head. Um, so tell us a little bit about what led you to writing a book about quitting, the book Five Habits of a Woman Who Doesn't Quit. Why did you want to write this book? Well, Heather, so I heard you say, you know, you weren't really sure if this book was for you. And right. I've heard from a lot of people who said that. And before I actually um, zoned in on what my issue was, I would have never said that I was a quitter either. Mm. But as I reflected on my life, I realized that for my entire life, pretty much, I've been a quitter. I start things, I stop them, I move on. Um, and in the book, I give this whole quit list of things that I've quit. And um, 
I realized that this was a really big struggle, especially when it comes to um, working for God and wanting to fulfill the dreams and the purposes that he's given each of us. Because the reality is at some point, um, if you feel like you have a dream or you have a purpose, you're going to want to give up on it. Mm. And if we can become people, though, who stick out our commitment um, to God and to others from the very beginning until the very end, we can become like the woman in the Bible, Ruth, who actually changed a generational line because she stuck out a commitment. Mm. And when I saw um, that that can happen to somebody, there was a fire inside of me. Mm. And I started this process of just really studying her life. Like these are her habits. They're not mine. Um, if I had created a five-step formula for how you too can never quit <laughs> anything again, I would be a very rich woman. Right. But the reality is there's no formula. There's no like, here's how exactly you can do this. Mm -hmm. But if we can get behind someone who can teach us what it's like to stick out a commitment, then we're going to be more likely to be able to become that woman who doesn't give up. And so what, um, before we get into, I'm going to have you help us out in a specific area, but before we get into that, since writing the book or since thinking on this topic and studying Ruth, has there been a commitment that you have stuck with and you've seen the fruit of that? <laughs> yes, the <Okay>. book. <laughs> the book. Here we are holding it. The book, baby. Yes. You know, February 2nd, 2016, the doorbell rang and the UPS man was standing there with a yellow package. And mm -hmm. in that package was the very first copy of Five Habits of a Woman Who Doesn't Quit. And I have to be honest with you. I was super emotional to see yeah. that book in full like form right there um, because I realized, you know, Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good for if we do not give up, we will reap the harvest at the proper time. Mm -hmm. And when I got the book in my hand, it was as if the harvest had come. I'm mm -hmm. not talking about like book sales or things like that. I'm talking about the fulfillment of doing what God had put inside of me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you definitely, you write a book on quitting. You're going to want to quit more than once writing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to write a book on how to become a millionaire in an instant. Yes. And then I just will. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. I'll be the first one to buy that book. Well, there you go. See, it works. Yes. It works. But I mean, like I have friends who wrote the book Hope for the Weary Mom and they, you know, Stacy and Brooke, yes. and I'm like, why did you write that book? Now yeah. you're going to have to go through all that. Right. Yeah. I, I tried to write a book on humbling and that was a mess. <laughs> Don't do it. You pick the topic that you really want to live because. Right. Peace and prosperity. Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's write that one. Yeah. Well, I think that you finished it. You did a good work. Um, and you're, you're going to continue to see fruits of that. Have you heard stories from people who are like, I've, I've read this and now I didn't quit this thing I was planning to. And this is what I've, has happened. Yes, my goodness. We, um, with Proverbs 31 Ministries, we're doing an online Bible study of the book right now, and we have 36,000 women participating, which Whoa. is like crazy amazing. But when you start to think about 36,000 women who could potentially give up on something, mm. it starts to feel really overwhelming. And there's been a lot of hard situations I've had to listen to people talk about and, you know, just work through that with them. But then I've heard from the woman who said, I was almost about to give up on my marriage and your mm. book helped me push through. Or 
I was almost about to give up on my dream. This was my last step, you know, Mm. Um, or, and I've heard some really crazy God stories of, you know, people just wandering into a bookstore and and just never hearing of the book before and it being exactly what they needed in that Mm. season. And so the book is finding its way into who needs it the most for sure. Mm. Um, But we are hearing, we are hearing really good life-changing stories come in for sure. I, I just pictured in my mind, you know, if 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 we are part of the kingdom of God in heaven and we're bringing it to earth and we're part of his work here on earth. And I'm picturing those 36,000 women yeah. who, like you said, if they don't quit one thing, that's 36,000 things right. that are being done that wouldn't have been done right for him, for his glory that he's called them to. I mean, that's powerful to think about what is not done when we quit. Right. And you know, Heather, really the concept from the book came from a statistic that I heard from Andy Stanley once. He says that 90% of people who feel called to do something, like whether it's to take a neighbor a meal or to go on a mission trip or to write a book or to teach a Bible study, 90% of people who feel called to do something for God never see it all the way through to completion. Wow. And when I heard that, I was like, well, what would happen if only 85% of us gave up? Like, like think about just that 5% mm. more, mm. you know, I think we would have a whole lot less orphans. I think we would have a whole lot more, um, stories of people being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ in this mm. generation. I think, you know, mm. we would have less hungry people. I, I think there would be so much fruit, so much harvest mm. Mm. that, the the church couldn't hold it. Like mm. if people really got what it means to stick out their commitment to God from the very beginning until the very end, if we could just grasp it just a little bit, I think it would be such a game changer in this generation. When I love how you said taking a meal or it, it's not just everyone needs to go write a book. No. Right. And don't <laughs> quit writing your book. I mean, that's, yeah, that's what your specific example yeah. was, but it, it is all the little things that add up to what God's doing and moving and, and being close enough to him. Do we hear his movement, right? Like we hear him, Mm -hmm. uh, the Holy spirit's prompting is what we would say. Like that little tap on the shoulder that says, this is, this is something you should do. This is a person you should call. Um, I've heard stories where people are woken up in the middle of the night and someone comes to mind. And so they say a prayer, the prayers move mountains. And I think we're having a little bit of a revival in our world globally. I just heard Christine Kane and Bobby Houston talking about they're, they're seeing it around the world. I'm seeing it in my little church, just prayer, women in particular, the feminine draw to prayer and not even quitting prayer. You know, when you just like want to stop praying for the thing. Like, I'm so tired of praying for salvation for this person or so tired of praying for that child to not quit praying, right? Right. Yeah. What if you are the answer to that person's prayer? Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, or pleading on their behalf is yes. your role, Yeah. you know, as grandmothers, if you're a grandmother listening, I heard your highest calling as a grandmother is to pray for your grandchildren. Amen. And mm-hmm. to not quit that. Uh, thinking that it's not moving. You know, in Revelation, we see that prayers are incense. They're an actual tangible thing. Right. And so, okay, so someone's thinking about quitting. Like, okay, I'm tired of praying for that, or I'm over my marriage, or I tried to quit being a mom the other day. I was like, I, I turned to my resignation. Like, what questions do you want to ask yourself 
before you quit? Okay. So in the back of the book, I do have these five questions that you can ask yourself. And I want to just clarify though, these questions are based on the five habits. And so I encourage you to um, read through the book to really understand this, but I'm going to try to break this down really simple for us. Okay. So the first question you can ask is, have I accepted my assignment of refinement? You know, we tend to want an easy button for everything. Mm -hmm. And Staples is the only one who has the right to have Okay? Yes. The reality is is that following God is going to take you through some hard places. And in our generation today, we don't like the hard, messy places. We Mm -hmm. want the the lights and the stage and the smoke and the cool music. And the comfort and the ease. Yeah. 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 Um, so you've got to be willing to accept the assignment of refinement in order to let God start to change some stuff in your character to match the calling that he's given you. Mm-hmm. Then the second question, am I being able to follow through despite how I feel? Our feelings tend to dictate our direction way too much. And so we start to follow wherever our feelings are filtering us through. And we've got to be really careful, especially as women. And I'm not trying to stereotype us, but it's just the reality. It's how we're wired, how a gun made us. Yeah. We've got hormones. We've got emotions a little bit more than men. So we've got to be careful about that. Then... The third question, have I stayed open to God's movement? I love that you just said that a minute ago mm-hmm. because I'm a huge believer in, in literally, it's it's like this picture of opening up our hands. Like our fists tend to be tight sometimes when we're praying and we're before God and we're like, here's my plan. Here's mm-hmm. my agenda. Here's what I want to see happen. But we've got to be willing to stay open to what God wants to do through our commitments. Then the fourth question, I don't have what I need but am I giving others what I need? And this can be summed up in emotional generosity. Mm. Um, it's really easy for us to donate items, to give money, to you know show up and work at the homeless shelter. Like those things don't tend to really stretch us too much. But to give someone emotional generosity, literally giving them what we need the most, that is hard. Mm. And then the so fifth- wait, let's stop for a second on that one. So I'm picturing. Yeah. The wife in the marriage, she's needing maybe love from her husband, but maybe her husband's needing respect. Right. And that's his form of love. So instead of just focusing so much on what you need, and I'm not getting it. Right. To give eyes to the the person you're expecting it from and to meet their needs first. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Yes. And here's the thing. In the story of Ruth and Naomi, um, we actually do not see Naomi giving Ruth emotional generosity at Mm, all in the mm, whole story. mm. But Ruth gives emotional generosity over and over and over, and she actually receives the emotional generosity back from Boaz. Right. who you give emotional generosity to may not be who you reap it from. That's really important. That's huge. Yeah. 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 That's huge. If it's that one friend or it's that one family member, um, they not they may not be filling your bucket. It's going to be coming from. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, what's number five? Okay. The fifth question is, have I moved forward in faith? Now, mm. I know that sounds kind of churchy and kind of like, <laughs> you know, just the Christian thing to say, like, you just got to have faith, honey, you know? Right, right. Um, but the reality is, in Ruth's story, we didn't just see her one time decide to have faith. Like, she didn't just say at the very beginning, okay, I'm going to have faith. Like, we continually saw this movement of faith in her life. And at the very end of her story, 
Um, Ruth actually doesn't even see the results of her faith. She dies, but she's had this baby who actually becomes the ancestor to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so when we're looking at a picture like that, like our faith should always be something that keeps moving even after we have left this earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to, and to have the faith to know the God who created the universe and who has this grand plan is using us in that plan. Yes. Yes. And that the plan isn't for our kingdom, our purpose, but for him to have to, to remember that when we're feeling discouraged and want to give up. Right. Like think about, think about a woman who is ready to give up on her marriage. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I know this is happening everywhere because I'm getting emails. Yeah. And so I I don't want to give like advice or counseling or things like that. But if it is possible for you to stick out your, your marriage commitment, here's what can happen. So your children see that you made this commitment and you stick it out. You go through the messy, hard places. You follow through despite how you feel. You let God move through your marriage. And then one day it gets to this place where your kids get married and then the grandkids get married and then their kids get married. And they look back and they see this generational line of God's faithfulness. Now, Mm -hmm. what happens, you know, in in the next generation and the generation after that, we don't have any, you know, say or control in that. Mm -hmm. But what we have control over is what influence that we have right now in the commitments that we have made. The thing about commitments is for sure, seasons come and seasons go, but the faithfulness of our God always remains the same in every season. Well, I'm actually talking about faith. I'm studying Hebrews 11, uh, the Katie Orr study, faith study. And it struck me when it's talking about Abraham and Sarah and how, you know, God promised Abraham land and he promised him a blessing of people and Sarah's barren, right? And so it says not, I mean, yes, it gave credit to Abraham's faith, but it said he believed the promise of the one who was faithful. Mm, That's good. He believed that God, he believed his faith was in a faithful God, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't that his faith was in something and a hope. I hope it happens. Like right. his, he, he knew that God was faithful and, and believed even though his circumstances didn't look the way that God had promised. Even it's saying he lived in tents and his kids and his grandkids lived in tents, but God had promised a land. He looked forward to the foundations Right. So in this transient time of tent dwelling, there's going to be a city that is Jerusalem, right? Like it's coming. They would never see it in their time. Yeah. And that's exactly what you're talking about. It's it's the tent time, the transition time, believing God's doing something, even if our circumstances don't look the way that we would think. Yeah. The harvest is coming. That is for sure. And, you know, whether we're in the field or not is Mm -hmm. our choice. It really is. And Mm -hmm. I want to be part of what God is doing in this generation. You know, I want, I want at at the end of my life to be able to look back and say, I ran as hard as I could through this. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and, you know, the devil's advocate in me, when I, when I think about quitting, I'm like, well, some things you're supposed to quit. Yes. Right. (laughs) Like some things are not are not good. And some things we can think we're callings, but we're really just us wanting to make a a name for ourselves. Yes. Yeah. I've had a lot of conversations about that. Mm -hmm. Here's the deal. I could write another book (laughs) on that topic. Yeah. Um, 
But this book, you know, the reality is there's a difference between quitting something and finishing something. Mm. And so this book is, I hope that when you read it, you can identify what a quitter is and what it isn't. Yeah. But for sure, there's going to come a time where, you know, your season is up or, you know, I, I know, you know, Bob Goff. So yeah. in his book, Love Does, he talks about how every Thursday you should quit something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. It's kind of this, this opposite message, but what he's saying is quit the things that are keeping you from what God has really given you, your assignment. Right. And, you know, there's things that are bad for us. Absolutely. You know, um, addictions, bad patterns of anger and things like that. Yes, for sure. Quit those things. Definitely. But this book is focused on the commitment that you know you are supposed to be sticking out and all of those oppositions that are trying to convince you that it's not worth it. Because sometimes we just need a friend to get in our corner with us and say, okay, come on, we can do this together. And that's what I hope this book does. Well, and you're basing it off of the example of Ruth and Naomi, and that's a relationship. Yes. Right. That's not just a, you know, I signed up for PTA or, you know, that's, this is like people, this is family. (laughs) Right. This is family. And I think there is a message through reality TV and I, I somehow had to watch some really ridiculous TV show the other day that was a reality TV show and people were quitting on each other that were friends. And mm-hmm. I think we're quitting on people more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's part of this. Like God has you in relationships and to push through the hard. It's not like relationships are going to be easy all the time and right. circumstances are going to be easy all the time. And we need to just pursue comfort and convenience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I over agree. that refinement that you're talking about. Yeah, I agree. Uh, okay. So let's say a person is right there and they're, they're answering these questions. Have I accepted my assignment of refinement? Am I falling through despite how I feel? They just want to get out of there. They just want to bolt. They like, don't even want to look at the questions. Mm -hmm. How would you help her to stay put? Like what advice would you give her for that? Well, you know, I think the biggest thing is having the right perspective of perseverance. And, Mm. um, you know, going back to that verse in Galatians, you've got to decide what you want your life to look like. And I got to the point where in in chapter one, I tell the story and I've actually gotten some, a little bit of pushback on chapter one. Really? Yeah. um, That's fine. (laughs) um, You know, my husband and I, he was actually the one, we had a little bit of intense fellowship in our house one day where he kind of said something to me about a commitment that I had made, but I had forgotten about it. And Mm -hmm. it brought up this ugly issue between us that, um, you know, a lot of times I make a commitment and then something else better comes along. And then I think, well, I don't want to stick that one out. I'm going to go this direction. Yeah. And, um, so I think you've got, but after that conversation with him, I realized if my husband was feeling that way, there was some potential that God could have felt that way towards me. Because as I looked through my journal and the things that I had been praying for that I had literally given up on, I kind of had this moment where I had this check in my spirit where I thought, what if I hadn't given up on this? Mm -hmm. And what would I be, what harvest would I be experiencing right now? So you've got to decide what you want your life to look like. And Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about like, this name it and claim it kind of thinking that's, that's not it at all. Mm -hmm. But 
God wants to show you what your assignment in this world is. And Mm -hmm. it's ultimately our decision though. Are we going to stick it out with him through this process or are we going to give up? And I don't think we ever get to a place where we perfect this. Like I'm still struggling with things. You know, I've got, um, I call it the first time author 15, That you know, the freshman 15, the first time author 15, it's the same thing. Okay. Yeah. So I've got to get this weight off and it's going to be a process for me, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to decide now that what I want to look like, what I want to feel like, how I want to get there. But then I've got to be willing to go through these habits, through this process with God to get to the ultimate promise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think of experiencing God, I've mentioned it here on the show before, that that old study I think I did in college 20 years ago, where it says, God's moving, are you going to join him, right? He invites yeah. you to join mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. It's, it's listening for that invitation. You have to be in his word. You have to be in community to check in. Is this an invitation? Do you, you know, does it match? Do y'all think, um, asking your community, but also just being in conversation with God. So you hear the invitation like Moses did at the burning bush. He wanted to quit before he'd even started. Right. He's like, not me. Mm -hmm. I'm not qualified. I can't even talk. I mean, he was ready to quit then I'm sure with each plague and each time Pharaoh backed down, he wanted to quit, mm-hmm. but we wouldn't have had a free people. We wouldn't even, the story would have ended. Right. Yeah. And God and he, uniquely placed Moses. Like he had to, he had to in faith believe God had uniquely saved his life and he wasn't disqualified because of his past mistakes. Right. Like sometimes we believe that too. Yeah. yeah, I definitely agree. And I think one of the things that I love about looking at the story of Moses is, you know, those were excuses that mm-hmm. he brought to the table. And mm-hmm. when a woman wants to give up on something, we're going to have some excuses that we're going to have to work through. Yeah. And if we're not careful, though, our excuses can turn into one day, someday, and then it's never day. Mm. And we've got to make sure that we're not covering up God's purpose with excuses. And I'm not a believer in like putting things off. Like I know there's seasons, you know, especially I know you have a lot of moms that listen to this. Um, You know, there's, there's seasons where we go through where we can't give as much to one opportunity, but I really believe that every day there's something that we can be doing, whether it's praying, reading God's word, Um, you know, writing some thoughts down, making some movement in our life. There's something that every day that we can do to keep moving towards the picture of the life that we want to live. Mm. And and the picture of the life that that God gave you, right? That he's, he, the, the, the desire, the want that you have, he gave you the position he gave you to be where you are, especially if you're listening, you're in the States or you're in a place where you have technology and you're able to listen to this podcast You've been given a unique position in our world. This, you're in the top tier, and uh, to not to to recognize that blessing, to move forward, and to to not call yourself out because of the lies, you know, mm-hmm. the excuses. Well, I'm just not as good as her, or they're better at that than I am, or I'm never gonna I'm never gonna get this figured out. Mm-hmm. The yeah. negative self talk the the I can'ts <laughs> that right. you, that you mentioned talk to us about the I can'ts we need to get rid of <laughs> well you know i think um one of my the quotes in the book i'd say a committed woman learns to choose what she wants most over what she wants now 
Mm. So it's that place again, where we're looking at that commitment that we're ready to give up on. And and we, we have to stop and decide what is it that we want now? And so when we're talking about the, I can't like, okay, so let's bring it back to the first time author 15. Okay. I could say, well, I can't stick out my diet today because I'm on a deadline and I have to sit here and I only have access to, you know, processed food and sugar and things like that. So I could say, I can't stick out my diet or I can say, okay, I can't stick out my diet perfectly, but here's what I can do. I can some fruit. I can get up and go for a walk. Um, or, you know, in looking at your, your relationships, like we can start to think, well, I can't stick this out because they're acting this way. And I just, I can't deal with that. Mm -hmm. Or we can say right now, this is not looking too good, but I can have a conversation. I can bring some solutions to the table. Mm -hmm. I can confront this person. Um, there's always, whenever we have an, I can't, there's always something that we can replace it with. And I can. Mm, mm, That's really good. I liked how your accent came out thicker when you were talking about that too. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it is. It's again, it's another positive self-talk through this. And so even though it, it is to our souls, like our souls feel a weight of us continually not fulfilling those mm-hmm. commitments, mm-hmm. we on the outside give excuse to it. And if we kind of decide, like you're saying here, and you're bringing this conversation to the table, what if we decided to quit even less? Mm-hmm. Like maybe you're not an absolute person. Like you said, maybe you're not an absolute, I'm going to get rid of all junk food. Maybe you need to just quit one less thing. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And that one thing then, you know, moves the kingdom. I don't know. I I think you're bringing a really good conversation. Heather, I think there's a difference between conviction and condemnation. Yes. Shame definitely wants to condemn us and wants to point that finger at us. But here's the thing. I think what you're, what we're talking about today is that, you know, God doesn't condemn us, but he does convict us. And Mm -hmm. we have confused what conviction and condemnation are in our heads for sure. Mm -hmm. But I think a good place for us to rest on that is when you start to feel like, okay, something in your head that's making you feel like, Ooh, do I need to change this? Well, if it's making you feel bad about yourself or if it's making you feel like, um, Uh, that, you know, you're just a loser and things like that. That is not of God. Okay. But here's the opposite side of that. If what you're feeling makes you realize something about yourself that, that goes back to that character to match your calling thing. um, It's kind of this little tug in your spirit that says, Hey, this might need a little bit of tweaking in your life. Or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you might need to line your, your thoughts up with what God's word says even more. His word says with, you can do all things with him in his presence. And Mm -hmm. we continually see this, um, concept of perseverance all throughout the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And so when your thoughts are not lining up with God's word, that's a good place to know that you're moving towards condemnation and not conviction. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's right. And also, you know, it makes me realize the things he says, I can, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. I mean, it's not the things that are not good for us and knowing what, what our calling is, knowing what we're supposed to move forward with again, requires us to be in communication with God. Definitely. That helps us 
decide, is this a season and I am supposed to move forward? Or is this something I'm supposed to stick out, the refinement of it? You can only know if it's from him if you are in communication with him. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, Nikki. All right. So what's your, you said you're going to lose the first author 15. Is that your next commitment? <laughs> that is my that's next, your next commitment. That's my current commitment. That's yes. your current commitment. That's good. That's good. Well, I'm so thankful to have you on the show. I'm so thankful that there are those 36,000 women that are studying this and quitting less. And uh, for everyone listening, that you would be inspired to look at your life. I'm sure after listening to this, you will become more aware of where your mind goes and how often you think of quitting. So Nikki, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Heather. This was fun. Super. All right. Have a good rest of your day. You too. Okay. Bye. Bye. So did something come to mind? Is there something that you've been thinking about quitting that God's kind of giving you the nudge that you need to stick with that perhaps he has you staying where you are because he's working something in you. He's drawing you closer to himself. You're relying on him more. Um, I know Nikki mentioned uh, she has some gals that have wanted to quit their marriage. And I did want to give a clarifying statement. And I pretty confident um, that a lot of you know this, but I just wanted to be clear that if anyone is suffering physical abuse, that is a legitimate reason to end a marriage. And I would never want you to hear a message that you shouldn't quit uh, and that you should be refined if you are suffering any kind of abuse uh, or anything that is causing you harm. But I do, as I always do in every episode, long for you to know God. The, the reason why I have these general episodes and and I don't have a lot of super specific topic sometimes is that I believe you are each uniquely gifted and uniquely made. And I know that everyone's story is different. And some of you are struggling with children with special needs. And some of you are struggling in difficult marriages. And some of you uh, have been going through infertility struggles. And some of you are adopting. And some, I mean, everyone has a different story, a different struggle, but we have one God. And we have one source of wisdom. And if we are God-centered, if we are going to him, he will guide us in our unique situation. He will give us the strength to our unique situation. He does not promise life will be easy, but he does promise his presence and he does promise his comfort and he does promise his peace in it. So whatever you're in, whatever place you're in, I do pray that you will have his strength to guide you and staying strong in what you feel he's calling you to do. I pray you have his wisdom to know if this is something you should stick with or something that you should stop doing. Uh, but I really, I want you to know too, in that story of Ruth, I heard um, a couple weekends ago at a conference, one of the speakers talking, uh, it was Charlotte Gamble. She's from the UK. She was talking about Naomi and how Naomi set Ruth up for a win. Yes, Ruth didn't quit. But she had an older woman, a mentor, to give her wisdom, to know how to work it out so that she was in the right place at the right time for Boaz to uh, invite her to to be wooed by Ruth. And so I'm, I'm just praying, too, that 
older women that are listening, uh, any woman that's going through something, when you see someone in your church body, in your friend group who's going through a similar thing, I'm just praying that you reach out and you set her up to win. You give her your your wisdom and your experience that if you've gone through a hard time in marriage, that you will reach out to that girl who has shared that she's going through a hard time in her marriage. If you've gone through infertility, that you would reach out and you would talk to that that mom who is struggling and hoping for a child and it hasn't happened yet, that you would give her the hope through your testimony to keep pursuing God and to keep praying for him to move in her life so that she doesn't quit praying. I would even suggest, here's an idea that I heard, uh, I can't remember where I heard it from, but exchange prayers with people. You pray for that friend's need, they pray for your need. Sometimes you get tired of praying for your own needs. So exchange prayers for one another. Y'all, my goal is that in anything you're going through, you draw closer to God and you feel his peace. And so that is what my hope is after you listen to this episode. I hope you all have fabulous weeks. I thank you all for listening. And that's it. That's it. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.